You're listening to episode 70 of the Dawson D Show, and today we have yet another incredible interview with the man himself, Lockie Stewart. Lockie Stewart is an incredible human being. Based in Brisbane, Lockie's the founder of the Man That Can Project, which is one of Australia's leading men's personal breakthrough companies, empowering men to break through limitations, leaving them with the tools to take ownership for their lives while becoming part of a community of men redefining masculinity. I began following Lockie on Instagram two to three years ago, and he became a role model for me almost instantly. I don't think I've met a bloke who's so committed and disciplined to achieving what he wants, whether that be in fitness, business, personal growth, relationships, and overall health. He's just an absolute machine. I was so impacted by Lockie, I actually hired him as my own business slash development coach six months ago, and the man has become a dear friend and an amazing support to me in my personal development. While he shared his incredible story and transformation into the man he is today, Our chat went in all different directions when it comes to maximizing our human potential, including why making change in life starts with owning your current reality and taking responsibility for your actions, how to deal with temptation and the key to staying disciplined, the reality of being married to an Aussie pop star, we're not going to give who it is away, so make sure you keep listening, why we shouldn't be so afraid of talking about money, that one's a good one, not being the main breadwinner in the marriage and how we dealt with that early on versus now and so much more that you will absolutely love. Now, guys, if you haven't hit that subscribe button, what are you doing? In fact, pause the episode. Do it now before you forget. It only takes a second as we've got so much exciting things to come, and we don't want you to miss out on a single bit of it. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy this phenomenal chat with the one, the only, Lockie Stewart. Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. D, we're back on the old Zoom calls today. But we're not in lockdown, so that's good. Well, that's always a a very nice thing. We don't like saying the C word. No, we we don't. No, No. we don't. But today's very special guest comes all the way from Brisbane. A good friend of mine, now a good friend of yours. Absolutely. I'm very excited. Uh, Actually, my coach, actually, my personal development coach, Lockie Stewart. Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Gentlemen, it is amazing to be on the Dawson D Show. And after your Instagram Reel trailer last night, I am hyped for it because that was one of the greatest clips of all time. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. We have to thank our good friend Ed Wisher for that, the creative genius behind it. But no, I appreciate it, mate. We've been following you. I actually said this to Doss last night. When we first started Doss and D, we followed maybe 20 people around Australia that we admired, only 20. And you were one of the first ones that we actually added on Instagram. Yeah, exactly right. Because I I was following you on my personal and I always liked what you were doing. And Doss said to me, this is a guy I'd love to interview one day when we get to that level. And today we've we're at that level. Let's just- <laughs> you've, you've made the le- <laughs> so good. I'm privileged to be the top 20. That's taking me back to MySpace days where you got to select your oh. top 20 or top 10 or whatever. Yeah, Tom, Tom, the creator of MySpace was probably one yeah. of my number one. Yeah. Uh, Tom was everyone's friend. It's like you get MySpace and you get Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Love It'd it. Awesome to create an app where you could just like, if I ever create an app, it'll be you get the app and you get Lockie as well. Spot awesome. on. Awesome. Everyone's everyone's mate. Everyone's mate. To all the listeners out there, a bit of a background on Lockie. Lockie has a, a business called The Man That Can Project. And I'll probably describe it in a 
not in a, the more detailed way that Lockie can, but from my perspective looking in, the Men That Can project is a men's almost community aimed at helping men become better men. And I know that's probably really, really poor description, but I want you to describe it to us, mate, because what you've done and created in the last number of years, it's amazing. I appreciate it. I really do like your take. It's always interesting to see how other people explain, well, you've been a part of it, but also how they perceive it as well. But yeah, we're essentially a, a men's performance coaching company where we want to take men from where they currently are to where they want to get to. So we look at like performance and that can go across any area of their life. But originally started with me just wanting to solve a problem in my life and sort of get access to blokes from all walks of life. You know, I didn't have many role models growing up apart from sports stars and I wanted to be a professional athlete. And when that sort of chapter of my life finished, I didn't know anything else and I didn't have anyone else to sort of educate me, empower me and inspire me in different areas of my life. So I remember I was walking down the street in Austria to go get a pint and a palmy as you do when you're in Europe and you boys are going over soon. So bloody hell, I'll give you some tips when you're over there. Oh, can't uh, wait for that. And by the way, oh, it's a palmer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you Melbourne folk call it a palmer. One of my good mates, Liam, is a Melbourneite and he's like, mate, it's a palmer. I'm like, you sound so posh. It's a bloody palmy, mate. <laughs> it's a palmy. All right. We'll have this. We'll, we'll take this off air after. However, yeah, a gentleman messaged me on Instagram because at that time I was just documenting um, my own growth. I never intended to have a business or be a coach or anything like that. But he just said, you know, something along the lines of like, if you could give advice to your younger self, what would it be? And for me, it was like, well, I would just wanted to be able to learn from people from all walks of life, learn what made them successful, like successful dads, successful business owners, successful with mental health, with physical health, have great lifestyles. But I wanted to hear the shit that they went through, the self-doubt that they experienced, all the normal stuff that we experience, but no one ever talks about. Uh, and I got back to Brisbane a couple of weeks later and, and launched our first men's circle, which was literally, you know, I, I had no idea what it was going to be. I, I rented a place down the road and I was like, right, oh, boys, we're getting in here. And I'd prepped this three-page document where I was going to tell my whole life story. But when, when I got in there, I was like, fuck that. Let's just talk. And it, over years, built some, I guess, format and structure and led some outcomes and it just grew from that because more and more men literally from all walks of life we have guys who run half billion dollar companies to you know 18 year old blokes who don't know their ass from their elbow and it's cool to be able to put them in the same room and connect like we have more in common than we've been led to believe and for me it was always okay well what's the next thing that i can do to help these guys because these guys are help you know everyone in our community helps me just as much as i hopefully help them so i'm like i'm craving more so I hope that they are as well and that's what led us to, to where we are now. I, I love that and I can't wait to dive even deeper. But before we sort of get into that side of things, I want to hear a little bit about Lockie Stewart prior to this. I want to hear about the traveler. I want to hear about the the man that wanted to be an athlete or was an athlete, I should say. Still is an athlete. Still is an athlete, yeah. yeah. I'm selling you short, mate. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm almost a master's athlete, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm really interested to hear this backstory that led you to this point. So could you yep. yeah, share those years leading up to that moment? For sure. I feel like I'm a pretty ordinary bloke. Like I don't, I don't consider myself special or have any unique gifts or talents. Where I grew up, rugby league was a big thing and also rugby. I went to a rugby school, but my whole life, I've been active and outdoors and mum always encouraged me and dad as well encouraged me to, to be active, get outdoors. You know, they grew up on a farm. So, you know, I got into surfing, skateboarding, motorbike, any, anything that I could do, I would 
give it a crack and I would, you know, crack bones and have that whole fun process. But it was when I was 10 years old, you know, that's the first year you can really make a, I guess, a state team for school sport. I uh, made the state cross country team and I also made the state 800 like track track team. And it was sort of that moment that mum was like, oh, got a good athlete on our hands here. And she, you know, got me a coach and I went down that route for a long time. So obviously um, making state teams and placing at nationals and stuff, I, I guess built an identity and got the benefits of, of being a good athlete. It made me a little bit popular and everything like that. So I skipped a few legs of, of growth and development, but it was when I got to high school that I sort of got that first kick in the, you know, in the pants where you realize you're you know, a big fish in a small pond. And I'm sure we've all had that experience at some point. I, I was at a school in, I don't even know what the population would have been, but it was tiny back then. Like I, I just pulling a number, I can under 4,000 people. So like thought I was a guru, but then I went to this private rugby school and uh, I was a nobody. Uh, and so you start back at the, at the bottom again, but obviously through sport, I reestablished myself, but it was as a skinny runner. Unfortunately at a rugby school, you get get picked on if you're, you're a skateboarder and a runner and everything like that. So the things that I loved doing, I got picked on for. So that led me to start doubting myself, questioning who I was and, and challenging who I was as a, as a bloke. And I think anyone who's been bullied doesn't, it's not comfortable. It's not enjoyable. Like you get picked on for the most ridiculous shit. Like, I, I, you know, I got veins for those who are watching a video. If you're going to watch the videos, like I've got pretty veiny, right? I got picked on for being veiny. So I'd wear fucking jumpers in summer. I, a fairly hairy bloke, same thing. Like I got picked on for all this ridiculous stuff that now is doesn't matter. But through school, that just eats you up. Uh, but it also, I think, made me tougher and it made me hungrier to prove a point because I did, you know, have a way to prove a point because I was a, a good athlete. And came a point in time where it's like, do I stop getting bullied or do I become one of the bullies or the rugby players? And I chose to go with the latter. So I stopped skateboarding as much. I stopped. Uh, running or giving a shit about running and just really focused all my time and energy into uh, rugby and rugby league and that sort of culture, right, which isn't the most healthy culture if you, you look at the rugby, the rugby league culture and the rugby union culture. But uh, fortunately, that worked well for me. I still got picked on. I was still probably the guy that got picked on just, you know, not with malice, but as boys do, the, the butt of every joke. And um, that drove me even harder to want to be a professional athlete. And I was fortunate enough, I went overseas and played, played uh, in France, lived in France, which was epic. But what I found through that whole process, I guess, and to tie it back in from, you know, age, whatever age we are, grade eight, 12 till sort of 24, 25, was I still had every bit of insecurity. I was a terrible communicator. I was jealous. I, you know, doubted myself. But I thought creating success and being that pinup athlete would change everything. I thought, you know, if I was the guy that everyone wanted to be, I wouldn't be jealous. I, all the girls would throw themselves at me. I'd be financially set for life and life would just be good because that's what success was blown up to be for me. You know, watch rugby players on a Friday night and you're like, fuck, I would love their lifestyle. You see them in the paper going to awards night, you're like, I want that. And uh, I found out pretty quickly that it, doesn't work like that you know the whole way through school when I was in relationships I was you know with one chick but I was you know tuning other chicks and you know for for whatever reason get in fights to try and prove how dominant I was and how much of a man I was when really I'm not a, a violent angry person I just built myself into that and um, I had a long-term relationship and she split up with me that's what led me to want to go to France because I'd had all these failures and injuries and 
everything like that that was ruining who I was. So I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to be. And that was like my last shot. I was like, fuck. The one girl who's been with me for six years, obviously I cheated on her, but why would she leave me? Like I couldn't even comprehend that. I tried to lie and manipulate to bring that one back. But I got home one night, sent my rugby CV out to as many clubs as I could in Europe because I just wanted to run away. I did what most boys do and they run away from responsibility. Uh, and I hoped that if I stayed away long enough, things would sort it out. And it didn't. After about three three months, all the same shit kept popping up. Like I was insecure. I was jealous. I felt like I was missing out. My footy wasn't going well. So eventually I moved back and this, yeah, the same cycle repeated itself, boys. There's no happy endings here at the moment. But for, unfortunately for me, that was the moment where I realized that I was fucked. Like the hope and the dream of being a professional athlete was done. Um, so I moved back to Toowoomba and was just doing some laboring work and just drinking as much piss as I possibly could and consuming copious amounts of recreational drugs because I thought that would make me the loose party guy. You know, I was so focused on just trying to be someone. I didn't care who it was. I just wanted to be someone of value where people spoke about it, right, which is kind of weird. But I got to that point where, you know, I was consuming drugs and I, you know, had those thoughts where I was like, if I don't wake up, I could not give a fuck. You know, say that out loud, it's really sad because, you know, I grew up, had a mate um, hang himself when we were 14 and that was never spoken about. You know, it was on the front page of the paper, the most talented athlete, indigenous guy, the most incredible bloke. And just, you know, I kept the paper so that when I'd get home from school, I could cry about it and then put it back under the under the bed and no one spoke about it. And then um, my brother has had mental illness his whole life and, you know, I never understood that. I picked on him for being a pussy when he'd talk about taking his life and all this sort of stuff. So it was when I finally had my own challenges, I was really forced to seek to understand what the fuck was going on and really be able to empathize with uh, others who experienced that. Cause it's, it's, you know, I still experience bouts of, uh, you know, depression and anxiety from time to time. Now I've just got better tools in place to, to manage that. And yeah, when it got to that point, I was hanging out with a, a Sheila doing the same stuff I'd always been doing, been leading her on cheating. And when she ended it with me, that just broke me. And once again, my way to get attention was to, party even harder, get in more fights and try and get her, you know, manipulate to get her back. And it uh, got me to a point one night at that, at a nightclub there where we got in a, a Barney, a, a fight. And I found myself with a guy falling down a set of stairs and me getting arrested. And for the first time in my life that, you know, we all have those, I feel like we all have those moments, but that, that was that moment that scared me sober and I was just sitting at the bottom of the stairs and looking at the other people who were probably not in the same situation, but they were in trouble uh, as well. And I was like, I'm fucking better than these people. I'm better than this. Like I have a good family. I had went to a great school and I'm choosing to act like a complete thug because I think that's going to get me attention in a lot, you know, an environment that I don't want attention from. But I was just, I lacked so much self-worth and I hated myself. I was just trying to fit in wherever I could. And that was that moment that I was like, if I can get through this, like I'll never do anything dumb again and I'll, you know, live up to my potential. And that sort of started me back at square one where I'm like, well, who the fuck am I? Because I thought I was going to be an athlete. Now, I, you know, I was never really good at school. I never really did anything else that wasn't sport related or physical. So I got to go on that whole journey of self-discovery and it literally felt like within weeks you know, I met my now wife. It wasn't within weeks, but that's what it feel, feels like that. Um, 
a bloke gave me a book, The Four Agreements. I read The Four Agreements and I was so hungry for personal development because it's the first time I've read something that wasn't like a motocross magazine or a penthouse magazine. And I was, I was fucking inspired, man. It challenged how I thought and I was like, well, wonder what else I can learn because I never really saw the value in learning because I didn't give a shit about mathematics or any of the stuff that we get taught at school. And through that whole process, I set little goals like I joined network marketing and I was like, I want to be a six-figure earner and I want, to, I want to be on the stage. And I realized, well, I'm a really poor communicator. And if, I don't know if you guys have seen that video I post from time to time when I'm in my work outfit and I'm this yeah. mumbly fella. Like I just progress from that is amazing. So I started investing in coaches to learn, you know, Toastmasters, learning how to video myself, learning all these different skills that made me better. And then I thought, well, why doesn't this person want to hang out with me? Why am I hanging out with people that think, act and behave the same way that I do? And, you know, I don't necessarily want to think, act and behave that way because that's not going to allow me to live my life. So how do I become valuable enough that those people are like, who's this guy over here? Let's go meet him. And that's what I've continued. Literally, I got a message before from a a client is like, I can't believe the kind of people that you get to hang around because I was training um, one of the, the Lions boys and not that that's like anything, but I, I've built this incredible network based off, I just think, well, how can I continue to make myself more valuable so I'm sought after? And maybe that's sort of going back into that same pattern where I'm like, I want to be value, valued, which I do. Uh, I probably, probably own that. But yeah, from, from that moment on, it just, I documented my journey on Instagram. So you can literally go back to two thousand and. I don't know how far it goes back, 12 or 11 or whatever. And you can watch the journey. You can see the, the way that I speak change. You can see the way that I write posts change. You can see the way that I um, my self-belief changes. And I've just been hungry ever since. And I truly am at a point now in my life where I love who I am and I'm proud of who I am and, and what I've created. And I can say that without going, oh, maybe I'm arrogant or whatever. It's like anyone says that, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm content with myself. The end. Far <laughs> out, man. That, um, amazing. Fuck. First, I just want to commend you, mate, because the transformation is just insane. Like D said at the start, I was following you on my personal Instagram and I looked at you as a bloke and I thought, fuck, I want to do what he's doing. Like, I want to be that guy. I want, I want to influence. I want to be of impact to other people, other young men. And then hearing it, the transformation, it's just, it, it's amazing, mate. And I'm keen to hear about like taking responsibility you mentioned, which is the key to it. Taking yep. ownership, taking full responsibility. But a lot of blokes don't take responsibility for anything. Really. Well, not for, not just anything. But for- No, you could probably go as far to say for anything. Like really, there's a, most blokes that I've experienced that I, I called a guy out this morning actually on, you know, who's struggling with his mental, mental health. And I'm like, well, why do I continue to see you fucking drinking piss? Like yeah. that is the most negligent thing you can do as someone who's struggling with their own mind because all that does is make it worse. So if you really gave a shit, you'd stop using that as a, a Band-Aid solution and you'd fucking grab the bull by the horns and charge at it. 100%. So, and, and it's not a lack of education. It's not a lack of resources or a lack of people in your community for that matter. He's in your community. So he's, he's got the people around him to help him, but it is, it's upon yourself. But I want to ask, Throughout that time taking responsibility, you come back from Europe, there's got to be temptation. Like there's so much temptation in front of you and you go to what is, we tend to go back to what is easy and what is the easy thing to choose. Like I know a lot of blokes will be like, they'll give something a go. You know, we spoke about this. We had a laugh about this. Me and Lockie, you know, Lockie's been my coach for probably, you know, probably the last six months. And 
I was trying to not watch porn for 21 days, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and yep. he put it out to his socials and all the podcasts probably knew about it. But taking responsibility for that, but also the temptation, I'll be honest, fellas, it was hard. Like, <laughs> you know, Bloody, eh? like, but when you get out and, and you're out partying and whether it's, your, whether it's flirting with women, whether it's, you know, taking illicit drugs, whether it's drinking alcohol, whether it's banter with the boys and, and being a dickhead, the temptation is all there. Like, how, how do you break through that? It's just intention and discipline. Like, every day you're going to be tempted. And, and uh, you look at it, the analogy of, like, that cup half full. It's like every day when you wake up, your cup's full, right, with focus, intention, discipline. And throughout the day, you keep getting bumps and it overflows and you end up – and this is not pissing a bottle for those who are watching. This is actually a, <laughs> sure, I was just mate? looking. I was, like, I was like, it looks like a little pea cup, doesn't it? But it's a uh, Barocca. Oh, um, but <laughs> – that's why at the end of the day is generally the time where you give in to your temptations, right? You might get home and there's a block of chocolate in the fridge and you're like, oh, I've been holding out, but fuck, I've earned it today. I'm tired. I need that little pick-me-up. Or you might get home and, you know, what, what are some other temptations? Whatever. It's going to say have a bloody wank or whatever it yeah, is. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are you boys looking at each other for? No, no, no. Because <laughs> I, I asked no. Josh what he was doing earlier today. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but so at, at the end of the day, but one thing I really pride myself on, and even you know, I just had another client restart with me after you know I worked with him three years ago, and then you know he, he's been doing his own thing, but he's back in needing a bit of help, and he's just like, you just don't stop like ever. You're so consistent, and I've set standards for how I want to be as a as a person, and I believe that the standards that I'm setting are going to allow me to create the life that I want for myself. And so far, that's proving to be true and i also know that there's to get to that level and i'm very fortunate i get to hang around with people who like i've said who have a lot of the the outcomes that i'm looking to create in my life so because i get to see that i see the discipline the way they show up what they do that no one else is doing that then goes right oh if i want that i have to be prepared to do that and most people aren't prepared to do that so you know even going back to that food in the fridge or the chocolate in the fridge just don't have fucking chocolate in the fridge if I have chocolate in the fridge, I'm going to absolutely destroy it. Absolutely destroy it. So you're always thinking one step ahead. It's even, you know, for me, I just got married, but I'm already thinking, right, well, if we have children in two years, I want to maximize this time now. But ever since 2014, everything that I've done has been to prepare for that time in my life. I want to have enough money that I've got investments everything like that. I want to have a business that is flexible and it allows me to earn the amount of money that I want, but also gives me choice and flexibility so I can be an engaged dad. I can still train at the gym. I can do all the things that are important to me without having to go, fuck, I'm stressed financially. I want to still have the discipline to look after my physical health. I work with people who earn less money than me and they say, I can't prioritize my health. I can't prioritize reading a book. I'm like, bullshit. Show me your fucking day and I'll show you where you're wasting your time. And once again, it's not there's no right or wrong, but if you're not getting the results that you want, then there's a wrong. But if you're happy as Larry, then continue doing what you want. But I've known since 2014 when I was dead broke and I'd lost all these opportunities and life could have been de- very different that I'm here to maximize every minute and maximize who I believe I can be. And I'm still nowhere near, like I'm so excited for this next 12 months because I had a meeting with my coach yesterday. And what, what's happening for me over the next 12 months from a business standpoint is so bloody exciting and i'm like this is what i feel like the last eight years worth of work has led to so i think when temptation comes in you know 
I get opportunities and, and you know, people to sponsor the podcast or people want me to buy into this business or people ask me to want me to work with them or do this, which I'm so grateful. I get that. But when more temptation arises, that's when you need to be very fucking clear about what you want because the more and way you're the clarity coach, right? So you're fucking the king at this shit is that when you're clear about what you want, you know really well what you want to say yes to and what you want to say no to. It's why you've got some people in your life who just seem to continually be doing stuff that makes them better. And then there's people who still have the same 24 hours in the day, but they're not really doing much. They're not up to much. And they're the people who are moping around going, oh, COVID has ruined this for me or Mm, the economy has done this. And you're like, all right, well, how's that working for you? It's working well. doesn't sound like it. So fucking either change your attitude or don't whinge. So I know I went off on a tangent. Sorry, boys. No, no, I love that. What I want to ask you, Lockie, too, is for the people that haven't hit rock bottom and before you hit that rock bottom, so you say like, and I, and I really relate to what you're saying, like sometimes you need that kick up the ass and so often for people, it's that end of a relationship where they're like, oh, I'm going to prove this person wrong that I can go <laughs> yeah. and do it and achieve my... Like that really... I just know a lot of people that are in that situation, but there's so many people that I know that know there's something better for them, but they're in a pretty cozy position at the moment. Like they've got a good job. They're pretty happy. They're making enough money. They might go down the family route. Like we talk about this all the time, but they think that there might be something better and they know there's something better, but they're in that stage of comfort. Like how do you push someone out of that comfort zone when things are pretty good? Like what's your advice for those people? Phenomenal question. And it is, it's why you see people who come from literally rock bottom just make incredible growth and then they do, once you get a bit of comfort in your life, you're like, I don't really need to do that because what I now have is what I was once working towards. But I think for me personally, it's keeping people focused on a growth mindset, right? There is always something that we can be learning. I think for that point, like is if, if they're a close person in your life, like you can never ultimately help someone who doesn't want to be helped. And if people are at a point where they're comfortable, awesome. But Tony Robbins and there's a lot of, you know, Jim Rohn, there's a lot of great self-help personal development uh, leaders who talk about if you're not growing, you're dying. And I think that is a reason why so many people are feeling not as fulfilled as maybe they feel they could, right? They've got that little pit in their, in their stomach where it's like, I feel like I've got more to give, but I have no idea what it is. So if there's someone, you know, sitting around going, that, that is me, my first thing is just act on anything. If there's something that you've thought about doing or there's something that you're curious about or if you're even stuck, jump on YouTube and just do or have a different experience. And from that experience, ask yourself, did I like that experience? It's probably a good place to start. If so, what did I enjoy about that experience? If not, why didn't I enjoy that experience? And the more you start asking questions, you're going to be able to start going down a path to find out more about what you what you enjoy. But you know, even coming back to the fact of like children, right? Children are so curious about everything. How many times, if you've got children in your life, they could walk in my house. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Well, I'm, I'm probably in that boat with you. I didn't realize he was asking us the question. I thought he was asking yeah. the listeners and I thought, oh, I'm no. joking. Yeah. <laughs> well, if anyone's out there and they've got, yeah. But you, um, you know, they're curious about everything. They continue to ask why. And we, we stop to do that the older we get because, you know, we want to avoid confrontation. We don't want to sound nosy because of all these things that have happened over our life. So we're just like, all right. And when you lose curiosity, you really lose the desire to grow. I guarantee you, everyone that listens to this and you're, you guys as well, there's something on the tip of your tongue or you've probably experienced something today where you wanted to ask a question, but you didn't. 
And that one question could have been your opportunity to grow. That one response from that question could have been the one thing that ignited you to go, I'm sick of being fucking comfortable. Even now, you know, look at, I was going to say cryptocurrencies, but look at even life coaches, right? It's the fastest growing uh, profession in the world. The thing that I love about that is it is empowering other people to do the work on themselves, to learn sales, learn marketing, learn communication, learn, you know, network, collaborate, all these incredible things, in my opinion, make the world better. A lot of people wouldn't do that, I don't believe, if there wasn't financial incentive. And it's not about going, oh, that's bullshit because there's financial incentive. The world runs by money. The reason why most people get up and drive to work every day is because the paycheck and what that paycheck then provides. So you may as well be doing something that brings out the best version of yourself. It challenges you. It puts you in the uncomfortable zone, but then it allows you to live the lifestyle that you want. The same goes for cryptocurrencies at the moment. Like it's personal development or network marketing, like I got started and I got started in network marketing to make bank. But what I got from that has changed my life. And so I'm I'm in thinking about it now. It's like, how do I financially incentivize incentivize my community? And it's not about creating a fucking pyramid scheme or anything like that. It's just like, well, that money, money makes people act. And if that's what it's gonna take to get people to start believing that they can be the best version of themselves. And I don't care. I just want people to be happy. I want people to take their last breath going, I gave it fucking everything. Yeah. So the network marketing was your start. We thought we'd get our start in dropshipping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we started a dropshipping oh, short. Yes. short. I, th- I think I told Loki this on one of our first calls. And uh, My happy tears. Your, yeah, your, yeah, your, your happy tears. Oh, was. your happy tears. Uh, it was a nice little baby product, which I think I sold about uh, six or seven items. Uh, but... They never arrived awesome. to the customer, though. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but curiosity, like, I'm just picturing in my head, too. Like, that doesn't necessarily have to mean... Like, I'm picturing a conversation with a stranger. Yeah. You never know what, what that could unfold. So being curious, as in every interaction that you could have that day, yeah. instead of being on your phone in the line, actually say, how are you? Or actually look at their name tag and maybe say their name. Like... See what resp- what's that going to do? Yeah, exactly. It's literally like, think about this. Let's start from the beginning of the day. If you wake, you know, I wake up more days feeling like shit than I do feeling good. And that's just how I feel. And when I wake up, it's like I can continue to, or I can choose to carry that throughout the day and just be a miserable bastard. Or I can, you know, make the choice to go, I want to change that, right? And I start by asking questions. When I'm walking from my bedroom, I'm dragging my feet to the shower where I always turn the bastard on cold. I start asking myself, why am I feeling flat today? Did I not sleep well? Is it because I might have had a a rough conversation with Amy last night or I might not have got a Ronnie Coot? You know, there's all these things, right? And we give more meaning to it and we allow the meaning that we give it to ruin our day the next day. And when you can break it down and get a logical explanation to go, I need to let go of that because otherwise that's going to ruin everything that's ahead of me. It's all choice. So I think ultimately when we um, decide how we want to feel, it, it comes back to, once again, going back to, you know, weight us why what you're doing is so brilliant is when you have clarity around who you want to become as a, as a man and as an individual, you just got to ask yourself, is how I'm feeling right now going, going to allow me to progress towards that? Is what I'm doing right now going to allow me to progress towards that? And if not, what is something that I could do that would actually do that? 
And the more you do that, the more it's like anything, the easier it becomes, right? When you go into the gym for the first time, most people don't know what a barbell is, right? They go, is that this small looking dumbbell thing? No, it's not. It's the big one. Cool. And then they learn to squat and they learn to do all these things. And slowly over time, you recover faster and you learn, you know, you meet mates in the gym that you can push yourself with. And all of a sudden, you don't even have to think about it. You can just go in there and smash a workout and get going. And it's like every area of your life, you should be looking for ways to become more efficient. So you free up time to then learn something new or spend time listening to awesome podcasts like this or going for a skate or watching the footy, whatever you want to do, like actually living your life. I love that, mate. And to me, I just like what keeps repeating in my mind is ask better questions, ask better questions. And I've got drilled that into me by my old man for a long time, but that was when you're actually having a so conversation. Bad. But now it's like, I've got to ask myself better questions in each moment. And I want to know, do you have any tips for, for us or the listeners about, because it's easier said than done to say, okay, each day is a choice and it all sounds great. And I think everybody can agree. Like, yeah, we agree. can snap out of it and we can change our day. But how do we actually break that cycle? Because when you're having a shit morning or a shit day and that trend continues and then one thing after another, do you have any tips to actually snap that cycle, break it? Yeah. So for me, like I'll use myself as an example. And when I first, no, I don't say relapse because I wasn't like, a, I just loved recreational partying, but I would always fall back into old habits. I had that rubber arm as soon as I was around the same blokes that got me there. Not got me there, but sort of influenced me to end up where I was. So one thing that I knew I needed to do was I needed an excuse because I wasn't strong enough in myself and who I was becoming because once again, I'd been bullied. I was still getting bullied. When I was in network marketing, I was getting bullied. When I was posting you know, inspirational stuff, I was getting bullied. So I knew, and I didn't have the network that I needed to support me at that point. So I found an excuse, which was to do fitness challenges, right? I was a fitness person. So signing up to do 16-week body transformation challenges was a fucking great way to get off the piss. It was, you know, when people like come out, it's like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm going to win this body challenge. So I need to stay off the drink. I need to eat healthy. I need to sleep well. I um, am also reading because I'm going to win it. And I did seven back-to-back. And I, I actually, I was going to post a photo tomorrow I screenshot it here where I was on stage because I got like top three, but I didn't win the fucking thing. I was spewing. <laughs> but what I but love anyway. about this, Lockie, is this is exactly what we were talking about earlier and saying like you're already an athlete, you're already in good shape, but you're going to the next level. Like you, yeah. you don't, probably don't physically, like from the outside looking in, people wouldn't say, oh, he needs that. Like we traditionally think when people do a 16-week challenge. No, exactly. And I wasn't doing it for the shred. Like yeah. really, I was doing it to, and because like I said, I wasn't confident enough in myself to be able to hold strong and, and keep discipline to achieve what I deep down I wanted to achieve. I had known that if the boy said, let's get on the beers or the bag or whatever, I would have been like, yeah, sure thing. Let's do it. Cause that's what I, I was used to doing. And that's how I saw myself in the world at that point in time. And that's how my mates knew me. Now, everyone that I meet in my life now goes, I can't believe you ever did that. I'm like, either can I actually, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so different. So I think for people, and this is where I wish I knew what I now know is like really leaning into the environment. So I know for you guys, like with the podcast that you've created, you've, and you're doing coaching weight. It's like, if people are out there, don't have that next, that environment they're looking for. It's like, reach out to you boys. It, it's not saying you need to do a financial tra- uh, transaction in coaching, but if you want to just have a yarn with two blokes who want more from their own life, that's the best place to start because I guarantee you guys who have, an incredible network of your own that pe- you can link people up with. You know, I'm constantly connecting people because, you know, I might not get along with them, but I go, mate, you should meet my mate Devin. 
lives in Mackay. He'll be an awesome chat for you. And I just connect people because I believe that that's how you're going to help people grow because environment is the most powerful thing, right? Mindset is awesome, definitely important. But if, if you're in an environment that you know has different belief systems, you're really going to struggle to maintain that. So I think it's very, very important when you're thinking about what, who you want to become and how you're going to get there is look at the environment or the company that you keep. And if it's not what you need, you know, for me, the company that I kept for two years until I felt comfortable in network was my books and my podcast, like Ben Greenfield, Joe Rogan, Tom Bilyeu. Like I literally lived off those guys and till I felt like I was worthy enough to talk to people that I looked up to. That was my process. That, that's how I feel without what we do. I'm very, very similar. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's always going to be daunting. But once again, this is where the ownership comes in. It's like no one's going to do that work for you. So if you, you, know, you want to, to be a better version of yourself and if you want to go after what it is that you want, you might not, like to be honest, there's people that I, and I, I, once again, I don't want this to come from a place that I'm better than other people or not. We're just different, right? And that's, I believe that's completely okay. We're not going to be friends with everyone or want to spend time with everyone. But there's people that continually want to try and spend time with me, which I, you know, I'm super grateful for, but I don't want to spend time around them because they're not the kind of person that I want to spend time with yet. Maybe they'll, they'll grow and evolve, which is, I hope they do. Then I will maybe look to give more time to people. But I just think, you know, I'm so still so easily influenced that it's like, well, the people that I keep in my life need to be adding to me, challenging me and growing me. I love that. It reminds me of an analogy. My therapist told me this analogy. I told Dee straight after my session with her a few weeks ago, which was the apartment block and she said, I, 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 as you would know, mate, and what we've sp- I've spoken about with you, but the people that are around you sometimes want to bring you down to their level to the point where it could be bullying, like you say, or it could be just words that aren't the most encouraging or just almost like, what are you doing, mate? Like, it, it, I, I don't see the value in what you're doing. But we've got a bloke who, who we know, you know very well and he just doesn't understand what... It, and that's fine. That's totally fine if that's, if that's what he thinks, that's what he thinks. But... The apartment analogy was, she said, hey, you're on level five of this apartment block and you can see the ocean. There's 10 levels and you, you can see, you, you know you want to keep climbing up those stairs, going up to the top and see the top because the top, you'll be able to see the whole universe. Your perspective is different. But those people, are they're at level two. They can only see the car park. They yep. can only see that car park and they don't know that they're scared to keep climbing up because they don't know what's going to be on those next levels. But they're telling you, hey, come down here, the view's really good. And you're like, fucking hell, man, the view's so much better up here. Yeah. Like, yeah. But they don't want to because it's going to require climbing those stairs. That's yeah. great. And, and that, that, that really shifted my perspective. And I came home today, I went, mate, my mind is freaking blown. It, it just yeah. made, it made me feel confident and comfortable with, hey, your perspective is your perspective. It's not necessarily Lockies, it's not D's. And we're all individuals. And like you said, if you surround yourself with those people that are on that similar level, it's just going just gonna to add everything together. Exactly. I love that analogy. That's brilliant. Thank you, mate. Thank you. It wasn't mine. So. <laughs> Lockie, tell us a little bit. We're going to shift a little bit now. We, uh, we're oh. very interested in hearing about your lovely wife. Can you tell us? Because a lot of the listeners will, will know who she is. Can you tell us a little bit about her? And go on, give us a story of how you met. Mate, it's, it's funny when people ask that. Uh, to me, she's just purely my wife. Like, yeah. yeah, of course. Or, but she's in the Australian pop band Shepherd. So however many platinum records done, Jimmy Fallon. Ellen, all you know, big tours all around the world, which is awesome fun. So she lives a 
pretty hectic lifestyle. Like I said, she just got back from Kansas. We're singing a song underwater for B105, which is the radio station. I think that's like Hit FM down in Melbourne. And then off to another event. But we met at a pub, like literally, like I was saying earlier, it felt like weeks after I made that decision that I was going to change. I was at a pub with a mate and I was absolutely wankered. So clearly I hadn't changed yet, had I? Um, And one of my mates was like, who's that girl? And I I can't even remember, you know, when I first met her, I thought she had pink hair. That's how cooked I was. She has blue hair. And um, (laughs) he didn't, he didn't want to go talk to her. So I was like, I'll go talk to her. And then that was how it kicked off. And yeah, I was obviously in that point where I was like, I really want to change. So throughout that process started driving from where I was living down to Brisbane, back and forth, you know, a few times a week, which is about a three-hour round trip. Eventually made the move move down here and it's been an interesting experience ever since. You know, I've gone from that, like I said, that I was chasing success and I really, you know, had that belief system that I needed to be the breadwinner and the, the provider and the protector and everything like that in the relationship. And our, our roles are completely different, which was challenging to come to terms with at the beginning because I've always just been Amy's boyfriend. And it's like, well, I'm a bloke as well, which is probably one of the main reasons I'm, a, I'm really motivated to do my own thing. You know, I haven't had any handouts or, you know, built my own company off for myself, um, which is, is been good fun. But yeah, I think going through those battles of learning to let go of what you think is, is important in a relationship and everything like that was, was challenging. And I think the hardest thing for me now is people use me, I feel like it is, to get to, to them, which for anyone listening, if you do that, get fucked. Yeah, uh, it's my most hated thing, and I can smell it straight away. Yeah, mm. and yeah, it, so it's an interesting life. Like we do have a, I've had some pretty cool experiences as a result of that. But I also I don't go traveling with them or anything like that because I've got my own life going on, and you know I got my own goals that I'm working towards. Yeah, that's uh, it's special, and I like seeing you guys tie the knot and. Seeing all the posts and the yeah. videos, it looked like a very spectacular wedding, I must say. It looked amazing. And the honeymoon oh, looked mate, even better. It was next level, like flipping out. I, my only rule was like I gave, we had a budget and I was like, you do whatever because if I was planning a wedding with that should be on hay bales on the farm and <laughs> that, that, you know, I was fine as long as it's small. We had 45 people, but yeah, it was amazing. It was next level. I'm interested because you live such different lifestyles. Like you're both very, I suppose... Well, you'll probably live a more free lifestyle because you're self-employed. You've got you're running your own business. Well, she has to do I don't know what her commitments. Yeah, her commitments, a record, whatever the record label tell her. I I don't understand enough about it, so I won't throw myself under the bus. But I'm just interested (laughs) in that before I get into trouble. We we don't we don't (laughs) don't we don't want want Shepard coming after. No, 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 we we definitely don't want that. Um, But I'm I'm just interested in in your relate because you just said like she's been on tour. So how do you go when you when she's not? with you now she's your wife how do you actually go are you more motivated are you less motivated how do you feel i'm just interested in that aspect yeah i i to be honest i was only saying to someone before i really enjoy like being able to have the time for myself when she does go away and she's been away for three nights and as much you know it makes you realize how much you appreciate like for me how much i appreciate her and like the little things i think when you spend enough time around anyone it's easy to get nitpicky and you become passive with things you don't appreciate what you do have and I so I think we're very lucky there in that regard but you know even in the beginning like so before uh, they had that song Geronimo so that was about we'd been together for about a year or just under a year before that and then they got this song right 
and Scooter Bourne, who's Justin Bieber's manager, is calling them and they're, you know, getting signed with him. And I'm, I'm just sitting there going, fuck, I'm just a slob from, not a slob, but like a piece of shit from Toowoomba. She's going to drop me now. Like I'm done. May as well move back. And all that self-doubt, jealousy just crept back in because I was like, there was a girl that appreciated me and I, this was my shot at a second chance for a great life, right? Because I'd left my environment and if that had ended, I probably would have gone back to Toowoomba and gone back to doing the same dumb shit that I'd been doing. So then having to navigate that, but you know, we spent, once Geronimo took off, like we had nine months where she was traveling all around the world. So I'd go over for two, three weeks at a time, then come back and I was still a chippy at this time. So I'd be uh, working, but then it was brilliant for me because I was starting my business. I was reading. So I'd get up, be a chippy from six till whatever, two or three. And then I'd work on my network marketing business or personal development or um, content creation until 11 at night. So it gave me a lot of time to to focus on myself and it also gave me that she, she was a motivator for why I really wanted to change in the, in the beginning. As much as I now know I should have wanted to change for myself, I am very glad I had that, that lifeline. But no, yeah, we're very lucky now. We both travel a lot for our careers, but we're, we're both really in control because she runs her own music label as well and they get to pick and choose what they do because their biggest market is like, you know, we potentially will move to Europe next year. So if we do that, then that's a whole nother experience for me to grow my business over there and just have some other experiences before you know we look at having a family or anything like that but i do see a, I do see a nice little acoustic guitar in the corner yeah there, I saw that I'm, too. I'm just thinking can Lockie strum the strings as well <laughs> well mate when i saw your country road last night i was like the man <laughs> what a bloke oh, dickhead. <laughs> well, i love that that was the greatest segue of all time yeah, well, I think, well, hopefully it's gone over a few people's heads, but uh, yeah, I'm glad, it, I'm glad it didn't go over yours. <laughs> I, it, I, yeah, I had a good laugh from it. Oh, thanks, mate. I'll never forget, it was a post that you put out, I reckon it was a more recent months, and, and I'd love you to share this, and you kind of mentioned, you're going down towards this line earlier, which was, you don't know how much time you're going to have as a couple before you start a family, and you talked about mm. summer in your post. Yeah. I really love this, and, and it's more along the lines of, you only have a certain amount of summers left that is just you and Amy or that's just you until the, the next stage of your life. Can you explain that analogy? Because it gives gave me a huge perspective in take action now, Wadeos. Like if you want the business, go and do it fucking now because, mm. you know, five years are going to pass, give me 30, this, that and the other. Can you explain yeah. that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it was on a podcast. Someone was talking about 18 summers. This gentleman uh, wrote a book on it and Within that, like he, I think his children were 11 and 7 when he worked this out, but he's like, no, realistically, when you have children, you only have 18 summers before technically their own, own independent person, right? And when you think about 18 summers, how quickly they go, it's like, well, am I maximizing my time with that or am I just being passive? And there's moments where it's like, nah, I don't want to go out wakeboarding today or I don't want to do this today. I just want to sit here and do that. But you may never get that opportunity again. Like think about this, right? Everyone has experienced this. There was one time in your life where your mum or your dad put you down for the last time. They never picked you up again. And it wasn't a conscious decision. They weren't putting you down going, no, I'm never picking that bastard up again. He's too heavy. It just happens. And there's many moments in our life where that's going to happen. And so for me, I think a lot about mortality, stuff like that now and I'm thinking, well, am I really making the most of my time and how I want to spend it? Am I, you know, going back to me walking to the shower, if I have five days left, do I want to spend them being a grumpy, sad bastard or do I want to maximize my life 
feeling fulfilled and doing what I want to do. So it's, an, it's, it's a choice. And when you bring, I guess, the end into it, it makes you really fucking think seriously about it. Like even for those who don't see their parents often, I don't see my parents often. You know, my dad was recently diagnosed or at the wedding actually with, with um, prostate cancer, right? So you then start thinking, all right, well, how I see him maybe four or five times a year and every time I go up home, I'm still always busy working and I'm not very present and I feel like I don't make enough time for them. So, you know, if I only get three more times to see him, how do I want to, what those experiences to be? And I think you, you can put that in any area of your life. You might only get four more times to work out and you might have a horrible accident that means you can't work out the same way anymore. And I think if we wind it back and we think about that a little bit more, we learn to be more present. I believe the reason why I have, you know, I don't cheat or I don't even, I feel like I'm the best partner is because I think about all these moments. I'm like this moment right now with Amy, how can I maximize it and make it the most incredible moment? On this podcast with you boys, I you know, my phone is on do not disturb, but somehow Amy's getting through. But it's like, I want to enjoy this conversation with you guys because I'm going to gain so much from this conversation with you guys because you ask incredible questions and you, you're funny blokes. Like, so I always prep about that. And there might be times, yeah, where you feel flat. And so for me, if I feel flat, which happens, right, I get burnt out. I sometimes just don't want to be around people. Then I take time for myself. I understand the warning signs, but I also have established that with Amy, right? So rather than in the beginning when I would have my moods where I'd be cranky and whatever, she, she recognizes that now and she'll say, to, hey, Lucky, why don't you go for a skate or why don't you go for a surf or why don't you just watch a film by yourself? She knows because we've spoken about it, what I, what I need and what, what I want. So I think when you, you put life into to perspective like that, we're lucky to get 18 summers. That would be it. And for me, you know, we've, Amy and myself have spoken about having uh, children but two years time. So for me, I was like, that's 104 weekends. I'm going to fucking wow. maximize these yeah. like crazy. But you think about how many weekends you've wasted being hung over or yeah. just laying on the couch. It's like, there's going to come a time where you don't get that opportunity. So make the fucking most of everything. I love it. It's funny because since we announced to Europe, like we're going to Europe and oh, how good is this oh, boys? No, I'm so excited. We're about to get some tips off you too before we, uh, yeah, we might do that we... off here. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, definitely. but what I love, well, what I love, but I don't love, it's like now I'm stopped telling people we're going because of this COVID world that we live in. I'm fucking sick of having to explain, you know, what if this happens? Uh, what if that happens? I've got asked three times today. What if you get stuck over there? And I said, to be honest and great, the choice is taken away from us. And we, we start again. We start over there like and i just that's love that a brilliant analogy. way to look at it yeah yeah and i just think it's that's even giving me another perspective i, I want to ask before we probably go a little bit more loose but are you a believer in <laughs> loose yeah loosey goosey with, with the tips but yeah. are you a believer of the law of attraction and is it something you implement in your life oh that is a phenomenal question i you did had, that's, you, that's two phenomenal that, questions. that's two phenomenal yeah, questions you're, for you're, you're today. Brilliant. <laughs> this is this is why i want to be here uh i did watch the secret once I do believe in like manifestation, but I don't believe it's possible without hard work and getting stuck in. So like, like I said, I think for me, manifestation is thinking about what I want and then designing a, a roadmap to get there. And that, then I focus on the roadmap, not so much got rid of my vision board, but, and I used to believe a lot in that when I wasn't certain in myself and I needed something bigger than myself to, to, I guess, inspire me. But now it's, yeah, if I think about you know, let's, let's go this way. There's a lot of people who really struggle 
to set goals, right? Let's say if we're looking five years or 10 years down the track, they're like, I don't know what I want. And when you think about it, it's like, well, technically it's pretty hard because you will be a completely different person if you're, you know, got a growth mindset and you're looking to continue to grow and evolve. So what you think you're working towards might be completely different, right? If it's the Ferrari and the penthouse apartment and private jet. So for me, I thought about, okay, well, what are things that I want to experience and, and feel in my life that no matter where, what stage of my life I'm in, sorry, I can, I can have, right? So that helps me with my decision-making around things and people that I led into my life and what I say yes to and, and the flip side, right? Because then I'm not set on a specific materialistic or uh, location-based thing. So for me, it was thinking about, right, well, like I said earlier, freedom, right? And the freedom to me comes through having the financial capability to do what I want and also the flexibility within how I live my life to also be able to do what I want. And so tick, tick, every decision that I think about, I always think about that and I've thought about that since 2014. The next one is my happiness. When I don't want to go and mingle with people that my missus does, it's because I know they're complete cunts and I don't want to hang around them. So I'm not going to go. And at the beginning, that caused tension in our relationship, but because now she understands why for me, she respects that. And I respect the same for her in, in the, you know, if the situation's flipped. So I yeah. do things that I know are fulfilling. There's no point doing things that make me unhappy. So like I said, right now in my life, I love skateboarding, surfing, running, et cetera, but in a couple of years time, I might. So I'm not going to keep doing them just because that's what I've done in the past. I then think about the people and the company that I want to keep. I don't want people in my life that inspire me, challenge me, have similar values to me. They might not always be the same people because like I've said earlier, people change, grow and evolve, which might mean, hey, I don't spend as much time with this person anymore. I now spend more time with this person. I'm not attached to having to hang out with those people because we've been mates for 20 years. So there's, there's values that I guess I'm, I'm focused on keeping in my life and that's what helps me plan for the future because I think, you know, in order to have those things, I need to be a good person to hang around good people. And to me, what I believe a good person is, is someone who's honest, vulnerable, integral, can communicate well. So I know I've got a lot to improve upon with that still. So I'm going to continue growing there. I know that with my business as well, about 43% of the income's online, the rest is face-to-face. So I've got a bit more work to do there, which I'm, I'm continuing to work upon. Then same with happiness and, and obviously physical fitness. Like there's always things that I'm going to be working towards there and that's going to change, grow and evolve as I guess my focus and priorities change in my life. But having those four things there, I'm like, I've always got something to strive towards. It may not be a materialistic thing that may go out of being a fad in a couple of years' time, but it's, it's like a pillar there. It's massive. I'm just taking all of this in and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run away with it all, mate. It's... Uh... It's awesome. And hearing it from someone who, who we both admire, who is yeah. someone who is... Every, everyone's definition of success is different, but in my opinion and, and what I want to strive towards, you are a great role model for that. Yeah. Um, and I struggle more than anyone to say no. All right? I, I'm the first person to admit that. And, and that comes a lot around with like the people I'm around and we're slowly learning to grow. But what I wanted to share was... You said before... You don't know where you'll be in a year. And like for the listeners, me and Dee had this conversation last night and I don't want to flip this to be about us, but we no, just can't, we, we just, we went fucking hell. We dropped that video. It got a, like a heap of awesome traction and awesome feedback. And we, and we started talking about the year that we've had and 
how much growth we've had and how much personal growth we've had. And I've now connected with you and I've started a business and Dee started his business and the podcast has gone awesome. We're about to go to fucking Europe, like, and we've moved out together. You just don't know where you're going to be in a year. And it, it just excites me it's to think exci- about next year. Exactly right. That scares a lot of people too. But for me, it's the most exciting thing in the world. And like one of the things that sticks with us, it's like, one of our guests, Ed, who made the video, we, we had him on our podcast. He said, like, if you don't look back a year ago to your content, if you don't cringe at that, it means you're not growing. <laughs> Similar to what you've been saying tonight. Yep. And that's exactly where we feel. So, I, Can you look back at your content from a year ago and cringe, do you yeah. reckon? A hundred percent. I I can do it in a week and I'm like, every even yeah. when I listen to podcasts back, I'm like, I wish I said that better or I wish I didn't yeah. mumble or... Yeah, but I, you know, I hope people realize and recognize that you guys have just taken action, right? Rather than just sitting there thinking about it, wishing it into your life. Like you guys have done a lot of stuff, right? It's, you know, even wait, us like to invest in a coach is a huge thing. My first coach or my first thing I invested in was 25 bucks, which was an event ticket. And that's for me at that point in my life was the difference between buying a cart and a gold. And this is going back a few yeah. years when golds were actually relatively cheap or going to this event. But I decided to do that. And then I got to a point where I started investing in other people, you know, paying for other people to get that experience. And so like even to part way with money to get better is huge. So and everything that you guys have created is, is definitely a, a moment that you just get to sit there and pat yourselves on the back or pat each other on the back and just go, fuck, we're actually doing it. Like, yes, it's, it's hard at times. It's daunting. It may not go to plan, but we're fucking doing it. Mm. And, and, that, and it comes back to your, your mission. And I know you would have written out your mission from when you started uh, the Man That Can Project. And I'm sure the mission has changed and altered and oh, yeah. you know, it, it's become you know, broader or, or larger, whatever that matter. And it's the same what we've done. You know, it's, you know what? We've got a mission. If we're going towards it, I don't care if we have to buy things or do this or do that. It's going to cater towards that mission. So we believe so heavily yeah. in it. Like, you know, you, you just know. So you're just going to invest in it. You know? And I think a lot of people get scared of the investment. It doesn't have to be financial. It's time. But like, this is our why. Like just sitting here talking to you, like is, 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 even though it sounds like we're being corny and blowing smoke up your ass, we truly mean it. This is why we set out to do this. We want to connect and build a network and have And we've all be coming to Brisbane. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was just about to, you bastard, you made me to it. I was about to say, um, we'll be coming up and mate, by the way, maybe having a quarter life crisis, but I did buy a skateboard and learning to skate. So maybe I uh, can yes! me a few things. <laughs> oh boys, are you coming? You should come up before and after your trip to Europe. Oh gosh, you'd, you'd see a serious before and after picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't yeah, drink, so yeah. Well, That's awesome. Might have a go. Yeah. How long have you not drunk for? Well, I've been on. I didn't taste it. I didn't have my first sip of alcohol until I was twenty-one, nearly twenty-two. It's so awesome. Then I went. Then I had a couple of overseas trips where I went a bit too hard and <laughs> where I fell into some situations that gave me a bit of a kick up the ass too that sort of suggested, well, you know, you've got to reel this in a little bit. Um, not that I was over the top, but just binge on holiday kind of thing. But yeah, I just, not, I just don't really enjoy it. And actually, I was explaining, I get less confident when I drink. So... Because the rubbish that, that comes, that the rubbish that comes out of my mouth, and uh, like, <laughs> so I feel more confident when I'm in control and can talk. I actually enjoy the night more, and and I hate riding off the next day. Like that's my number one thing. So, that's, man, I love that. That's awesome. A bit different to his uh, housemate. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait you... to be carting him. Well, do you, well, we should ask before we before we let you go. We know we've gone a little bit over time, but 
off the top of your head, this is like a quick fire question. What are the, what are two or three things we need to do in Europe, and how do I how do I stop him from losing his passport? Because that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> oh man, keep the pass. You you look after his passport. Okay. I've always got someone watching my passport. I'm not a, like I'm not a drunk, to. by the way, Lockie, as you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta while you're in France, you gotta go up north to uh, Epernay, where I used to live in the Champagne region, and do some of the Champagne houses. Like, I'll I'll link up with some of my mates over there and get, get the proper French experience. Like it is, well, you've got family over there as well, right? So yeah. you'll be, you'll be sweet. But get the champagne experiences and obviously the UK, whereabouts in the UK are you going? Uh, so we, we know we're starting in London and then one of our, well, one of Doss's friends is up North in Newcastle. So we're going up there as well, but we don't know. We, the purpose of the trip is there's three weeks where it's just blank, any country. And we're not, not going to be going to watch Tottenham. No. <laughs> oh, come we're on, not going to waste our money there, lucky. <laughs> No, don't you just want to check out the stadium though? Yeah, true. Actually, yeah. is a pretty good one, it, it looks phenomenal. Looks amazing. Probably yeah, be, not much the to watch at the we moment. Could probably though. afford though is yeah. the, the nosebleeds. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that would. That's one of like I've said to Amy. There's two things that I just, you know, the only things I really want in my life is to either see Luke Combs live and go to Tottenham and to the to their home ground and just take it off the bucket list and see him lose yeah. three 0 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may, I don't I don't care as long as I'm there. I'm it, you know <laughs> they're gonna go through a rough period I think soon. Yeah, I'm only joking. Well, they already yeah. fucking are to be honest. But well, we could talk about football yeah. for hours, D and myself. But mate, um, yeah, uh, we just want to say thank you, acknowledge you again for sure. Because um, you know, for me personally, you've been a huge impact for me, and you still are, and still will continue to be. Like I said, I can't wait to actually come up and. You know, actually give you a big proper bear hug and you know oh, mate, tell, you be much, awesome. tell you how much you've helped and changed my life. But mate, uh, just want to say, you know, amazing what you're doing, and and I, I love that we've connected with you, and I can't mm. wait to hopefully help. I guess connect our audience with you. You know, For and sure. how do they follow yeah. you? Where, where do where do they get in touch? Yeah, easiest is the easiest, and then I forget what it is. Just head to the website, themanthatcanproject.com. Everything's on there, or you can just go Instagram at Lachlan Stewart which is spelled S-T-U-A-R-T. That's probably the easiest place to go Beautiful. to. But gents, the same to you, boys. Like I, I, Every time I get the opportunity to, to chat to you guys, I know we only met the other day at Wados, but it's like it's so inspiring for me to see other guys just fucking going after it and you know, dropping all the expectation around where people think you should be and what you should be doing and actually just doing something that lights you up. And it's going to be the most incredible journey. I look forward to having a beer with you boys or beer in a beer in a. Beer. Sparkling water beer or something. Lem- I'll drink sparkling. Beer and a lemon lime and bitters. He loves one of those. Yeah. Or oh, don't I don't mind a lemon lime and bitters. So we can do that and just even going for a skate or something in five years' time or whatever, just to see where you guys are at and the impact that you guys have had on people. Because I think a lot of people overlook the even just the the time, energy, and effort that you guys put into the podcast. It's a huge commitment. It's not just have a conversation. There's a lot of stuff that goes behind the scenes, and you guys are doing awesome with that. Thank you, mate. Really, really appreciate your kind words, and I'm just stoked to have met you. And I, I want to, I want to actually work with you. I'm going to have a chat to you. So, um, yeah, I just want to acknowledge you. You've and he's really... not cheap. Let me tell you that. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, mate. I'm just really grateful for your time. And you've got a podcast as well. Yeah. Can you share that with the guys? Oh yeah, uh, the Man That Can Project podcast. But yeah, it's all linked up to the website and stuff as well, which is awesome. Awesome, awesome mate. Awesome. I just want to encourage the listeners because we spoke earlier. If you're in that position where there's something tugging at you that you might want to take the next step and you don't know how, give this bloke a call. Just try it. I think um, that would be very beneficial. Awesome. But thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, appreciate legend. it.